I wouldn't take advice from someone who's never actually achieved what they're looking to teach you. If they got their Lamborghini from selling, you might want to listen to them. If they got the Lamborghini from selling you how to sell, you might want to raise an eyebrow. What does the word freedom mean to you? Only you can define it in your life and only you can decide to build the life of freedom and fulfillment you deserve. This is Freedom Mindset Radio. I'm your host, Kurt Mercadante, and we're grateful you're here. Let me start off by asking you a simple question today. Do you want to learn how to sell better and sell more? And if you're sitting there thinking, well, I'm not in sales, think again, because each and every one of us is in sales. So you're in for a treat today. I have a very special guest, Brad Lay. He's founder of Lightspeed VT, the most advanced training platform on the market. He's an internet superstar over, especially on Instagram, where I follow him from people who want to learn more about sales, not just the tactics of sales, but having a mindset, a millionaire's, a billionaire's mindset that allows you to sell more and sell better. As Brad's bio says, he's a soon-to-be billionaire and host of the Dropping Bombs podcast. He built Lightspeed VT into a multi-million dollar global tech company from scratch. He's also author of The Real Deal and creator of the Bottom Line YouTube series. Without further ado, here's my interview with Bradley. I will apologize in advance. Here's the good news and the bad news. The good news is what you're going to hear, Brad comes through clearly. For whatever reason, our internet connection, as I interviewed with, as I interviewed him, we didn't find out till afterwards. It kind of sucked. But the only one who you have, you're going to have a hard time hearing is me and my questions. Brad comes through clearly. So I urge you, I invite you, I implore you to listen to his wise words. He dropped some major bombs here on this program. Here's my interview with Bradley. All right, Bradley, thank you so much for joining us here on the Freedom Club podcast. My pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, it's nice to see, you know, I watch you, I, I've liked enough of your Instagram posts that now every time I log into Instagram, you are the one I see. So it's always very entertaining, always very good. There's a couple things that have nothing to do with sales I'd love to ask you about. Everything from being accused of mimicking Gary Vee's videos to quitting vaping, uh, you know, all those things. Um, but I want to thank you for having, you know, we focus a lot on sales on this program because if you can sell, you can build a life of anything you want. And, you know, I got four kids. I have to sell multiple times a day, uh, every day. So one thing I want to ask you before we get started is that word freedom. What does it mean to you? And that's a big word. I, I think freedom to me means um, options. Really, uh, at the end of the day, freedom means to me, you know, the ability to make choices freely and go freely about your life. So to me, it means options. Got it. Got it. And you, you know, you built plenty of options. I mean, kind of working backward to Lightspeed VT, you had that, made a ton of money. Why do you spend time? Why do you bother going on Instagram every day, doing what you do, selling the message? You have enough options. You could just sit there, build the business the way you were building it. Why do you do this? Why are you on with me? Why do you go out and you market yourself? Well, it's mainly because I, I, I feel like my passion is to get the knowledge from the people who have it to the people who need it, only because I believe with the right knowledge, success is guaranteed. And, you know, I feel like I've been blessed in a lot of ways and I just want to, it's my way of giving back. I mean, 
I don't have to do it. That's for sure. But man, there's a lot of people coming up that, you know, are going to have to learn the hard way unless they see a guy like me and I've already, you know, been beat up and, and, and my knowledge would help them avoid some pain or, or accelerate their journey. Uh, it's my pleasure to do so. I just want to live in a more successful world. And I think by getting the knowledge from the people who have it to the people who need it, um, that's, what's going to, that's, what's going to happen. And I am you know, I, I feel like I better practice what I preach. Yeah. There's a lot of, you know, thanks to Instagram, thanks to Facebook, Twitter, whatever it is. Anyone now, maybe people who've never sold anything, maybe people who have sold something can get online now, call themselves a sales guru, rent the Lamborghini in the house and stand in front of the house and say, I'm crushing it. They're not crushing it. And I'm going to tell you how to sell. What is the biggest load of bullshit that you see out there from some of those gurus telling you how to sell that just is not correct. Well, I don't pay attention to it quite. (laughs) I don't know what they're saying beyond, yeah, I can teach you how to sell, but I always tell people, look, if they got their Lamborghini from selling, you might want to listen to them. If they got the Lamborghini from selling you how to sell, you might want to raise an eyebrow. Because listen, there's a lot of people that discover things and want to share them and make money doing it, which is fine. But when someone is just packaging themselves as an expert and trying to sell you expertise that they've not personally had success with, I would call that kind of, you know, a scam. Not really a scam, but you know what I mean? It's, 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 you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take advice from someone who's never actually achieved what they're looking to teach you. So if, if you're a sales trainer for me, you better have made some serious money selling and you better have, have some documentation to back that up. What's the biggest mistake you see from folks who come to you who aren't, you know, maybe they're a business owner, maybe they're a salesperson. They're like, man, you know, I, I feel like I got skills. I feel like I got talent, but I'm just not selling. Is there a common theme that you see why they're not? Well, I mean, it depends. I mean, sometimes the product's wrong, the price is wrong, the timing's wrong, um, the demographics wrong. There's all kinds of reasons why people end up not selling. But I think if someone understands that sales is a is a learnable process and they and they practice it just like anything else, they can get extremely effective and extremely good. And then the question is. Is it the right product at the right time at the right price? Like, you know, go, go sell, you know, jets, you know, Gulfstream makes a hell of a jet, right? But it's, you know, the market drastically reduces when you're selling, you know, a $50 million jet. However, I'm sure commissions, once they're made, you know, pay for the entire year of, of effort required to do so. But then you go out and you sell, uh, you know, sunglasses, at the, at the sunglass hut, you know, it's more frequent, but is it really selling to me? The difference between, you know, making real good money and, and becoming extremely wealthy off sales is having the ability to close closing and selling are two different things. Hmm. What, what about all the people, you know, there's a lot of people who listen, you're on Instagram, you market yourself, you put everything out, right. And you're marketing. And there's a lot of folks who focus on that social selling aspect and they will, what, you know, I, I've, I've, I've since learned that they're selling a product, which is why they're saying this. Oh, it's all about social selling. It's all about inbound, cold calling, calling outbound is dead. What do you have to say to those folks? 
I'd say you're full of crap. Yeah. Outbound cold calling is not dead. It's very effective. So is direct mail. So is advertising. So is, you know, Super Bowl commercials, you know, <laughs> Gary B not telling you not to do it. He's telling you that you're overpaying for certain avenues. So again, billboards, they do work. You know, the question is, is are they the most cost effective thing you can do? Well, no, not with social media out there, but I don't see anybody selling on social media. I, I see them advertising and marketing on social media. I don't know where the selling is done. Sometimes the selling's done on a landing page. Sometimes the selling's done over the phone, which generated from the social media, the lead. And so, you know, th there's all these different variables out there. So it's hard to give a, you know, generic answer because there's so many variables. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned Gary V. I was entertained. Uh, what was it? A couple of weeks ago that, you know, you add your, on your Insta on your videos, you add your, your, uh, your initials and everything. And some people gave you crap that you were ripping off from Gary V. And I love the fact that you came back at them and responded. How did you respond to them? Well, I mean, listen, here's what most people need to understand about getting on social media, you know, regardless of, of what you want to happen. What's going to happen every time is you're going to get hate. Too many people are afraid of the hate to get the love. So again, when I go out there and I say what I say, I don't care what anybody thinks, right? I, I, I'm, I'm trying to help those people that need the help. So if you hear it and you see it, and it helps you perfect. That's who it was for. And if you hate on it or you have some other favorite guru that you want to compare me to, I just don't care. Makes sense. So my response was pretty much, you know, number one, emulate success. First of all, you're making fun of me. You're, you're trying to, you're basically the message was you're trying to put me down with compliments. I mean, you're, you're telling me that I look like Gary V and I sound like Gary V. Well, good to me. That's a compliment. Now I didn't set out to say, I want to look like Gary V and talk like Gary V. Like, trust me, if you guys listen to us both, we're nothing alike. Although success leaves clues, man. I mean, Gary, Gary is touching on a lot of intelligent things. Some things I don't agree with. One of them happens to be have patience. But <laughs> when I see, when I see like a, a cool, uh, he has the, the, the signature come up and then go back down. Like that's a cool little transition. All I said to my team is, you know, I kind of like that, like Gary V's. Well, they went to look at Gary V's and made it exactly like Gary V's, which number one, again, I don't care if they left it that way. It's different now because we were just starting to test things. And listen, you have to emulate success. Gary V is popular. Gary V's uh, people have already probably tested a lot of things. Why would I have to go out now and, and, and try to figure out how to be completely original when in reality, if that's what's working, why not just emulate what's working? And, and that, I love that line, you know, success. The other day I put something, a line up there, you know, if you want to be a billionaire, start acting like a billionaire. And a lot of people got it. They understand that success leaves clues and you can model successful people. But of course, there were people who pushed back. It was like, well, why would I want to spend money that's not in my bank account? Why would I want to do this? Why, why would I fake my way through life? What's your, t I mean, you've already talked about modeling. What's your take on visualization? You know, uh, on your website right now, you got a quote talking about not looking at the past, but looking at the future and surrounding yourself with people 
who, you know, goes back to the, you are the average of the five people you hang out with and all of that. Surrounding yourself with that and visualizing that success to kind of make your future, your present. Is that something you've done throughout your successful career? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people say, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. And I always tell people, you'll see it when you believe it. So you do visualize visualization has been proven um, scientifically and otherwise, if you tell your mind something, it doesn't know the difference between a real experience and a, and a, and a dream. Like, so if you picture yourself doing something, your mind doesn't realize that you've never done it. So again, just like when you practice free throws, they see a marked improvement with people shooting free throws. Well, they've also tested people practicing free throws in their head and same exact improvement happened. So, so visualization is not a question of does it work? It does work, but why would I fake it till I make it? Why would I act like I had a billion dollars before I had a billion dollars for the same purposes? Because I believe your subconscious mind is 100% there to make you correct. So if in your conscious mind, you believe something, your subconscious mind is designed to make what you believe correct. So if you don't believe you're a billionaire, that's probably why you're not one. And if you actually believed you were one, your subconscious mind would find people, opportunities and situations to put you in front of, to make that correct. Yeah. Yeah. I think I read 95% of your day is controlled by your subconscious mind. And a lot of that was programming and, and the amount of people who grew up programmed to be poor, who win the lottery, it's like 90 something percent, something crazy like that, lose the money quickly. But then you have successful people who had money, lose it and they gain it back pretty quickly. It's almost like their subconscious mind is just programmed to make money. Well, yeah, scarcity mindset in limited mindsets, they're, they're, they're a problem. And a lot of people have them. The most, most of the people I meet have scarcity mindset. Whoever's telling you, why would I fake it till I make it? It's either inquisitive, which is fine be inquisitive. But if, if they're, if they're arguing that, well, dude, they're the exact, they're, they're answering their own question. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it was argumentative. I mean, that, that scarcity mindset in my book, I read about abundance versus scarcity and, and, um, man, the stuff we deal with, our daughter's in church school and the stuff they're teaching her, individualism is bad. Someone piped up that it's bad to want to make money and we're about to yank her out because I said, that's evil. That is downright evil. I mean, how, where does a church get their money from? We went to, uh, so we were in Italy. We went to church over there, right? Here at collection at church, checks, $20 bills, 500 but you know, people give money. Over there, it's coins. Why is that? Because America's more prosperous than Italy. They're mostly a socialist country. <laughs> We're prosperous. If every country was like Italy, there would be no church. There would be no schools, right? There would be no roads. There would be anything else. And so this, this scarcity mindset, I think, um, and people who want to build a, a, a business or sell. You did a video recently that talked about, you know, what I love about it is, a lot of what you talk about, there's X's and O's, there's tactical things, 
But much of what you talk about is just this, your energy that you give off when you walk into a room. You, you had a speech recently where you were kind of mimicking someone who came in and was like hunched down and saying hi to someone versus someone who's confident, not like a jackass confident, but just you exude that energy. That's exactly what you're talking about, right? The, the, that energy you give off, the vibrations that come from your body, because we are energy, has an actual impact, even if you don't use any words, right? Or even if you're not there in person. Yeah, well, that's true. And again, I mean, sometimes people aren't going to like you and, and you don't really ever understand why that is. And it, and it has nothing to do with you. It has something to do with that person. Maybe they were, you know, screwed over in the past by someone that looked like you, smells like you, acts like you, talks like you, and you walk in the room and you don't even say anything. And all of a sudden they just have a problem with you. Well, again, you got to understand it has nothing to do with you. That's why I always tell people, you know, quit worrying about what everyone else thinks and worry about what you think. Are you proud of yourself? Are you doing everything you can do? Are you ethical, moral, et cetera, et cetera? Because if you start to love yourself more, okay, it doesn't, the, the, the outside influence is irrelevant. Hmm. And the people that lose their money on the lottery, by the way, is mainly because they don't understand money. And for a long time, I didn't understand money, which is why I spent a lot of money trying to impress everybody. And now I wish I had it back because it would be impressive. But at the end of the day, you know, you win the lottery and get a lot of money. You go buy houses and you go buy cars and you lend money to your family. And, you know, everything's easy for a, for a while. But what happens is now all of a sudden the money's low. You've spent a lot of it. Okay. The money's low and you didn't invest any money. And so now all of the things you purchased are expensive taxes, maintenance ongoing. So now you have to start selling the things that you bought to pay for the other things that you still want to keep. So at the end of the day, if someone were to invest that money, like if they would have won the lottery, didn't buy any houses, just went and invested it in cash flow investments. Now, let's say I got 50 million in the lottery. If I invested 50 million at 10% interest, well, that means I'm making $5 million a year. So if I went and bought houses based on the $5 million, I'd never go broke. So the reason why, the reason why people lose their money is because they get a big chunk of it and then they go spend it instead of an invest it. Investing money is the smart thing to do. And if anyone raised correctly with, you know, proper parenting, which I never had, I had to learn the hard way, but they will learn that, listen, if you make $500,000 a year and you invest 20, 30% of it, pretty soon your investments will pay you more than your income. So your earned income is not as important as your passive income. What, um, 25 years, over 25 years in sales and you decide there's a need, there's something missing out there in terms of training and online training. Yeah. You start Lightspeed VT. How did that go from the get-go, from conception to we're going to build this out, we're going to take it out to the market? Man, dude, that's a 20-year history. We don't have time. <laughs> yeah. You know, when I, when I recognized uh, a need for Lightspeed to be created, it was really a need for myself. I was out training people on a daily basis. I was traveling, living out of a suitcase, and it wasn't working as well as when I worked at an organization and I were, was there every day and I couldn't figure out what the difference was. So I did the, did the research and realized there's four key ingredients to effectively training somebody. And 
when I had went out on the road and started my own business, I didn't know that I was inadvertently doing those things at the company I worked for doing it successfully. And then when I went out on the road trying to do the same thing, it wasn't working because of those four ingredients. So I built Lightspeed to deliver track and measure those four ingredients. And, and it worked so well that I just started showing it to everybody else. And then, then everyone else wanted to use my software. So that kind of gave me the ability to license and get recurring revenue and recurring revenue to me is, is the king. <laughs> like like if, I, if I shut down my company, I'll make more than if I'm open. <laughs> it's interesting. I, I, I once had a friend, he, you know, he was in his fifties and uh, he worked at an IT firm. They sell managed services and their they got bought out and their, their priority was recurring revenue clients. This guy couldn't understand. He was getting one-off clients and blowing away his monthly budget numbers and they fired him. He could not understand it. Well, they had told him time and again, we want the recurring revenue clients that aren't just going to pay us 30 grand in May. We're going to pay us five grand a month for the next three years. He just could not get it through his head. Um, and I've run across a number of people like that. They want the quick hits, but to them, recurring revenue, maybe because they had one good month, they're scared of bringing it down to five a month when they're going to make 500 grand over three years instead of 30 grand a month. Um, yeah. I guess I guess it comes down to a mindset and learning the hard way, right? Well, I mean, it's just different perspective. One's long, one's more long-term, you know, if you're getting, if your goal is to get a million people at 20 bucks a month, you know, you're going to be broke along the way where if you were trying to get 20 million from one person, you know, you, you, it's just a quick hit, but you'll be broke in the long run. So it's just kind of a different perspective. Recurring revenue is the king. Hey, what's up, fellow freedom fighters? Listen, are you in operations in the C-suite and human resources? Hell, are you anyone who's interested in building a team of superheroes? Well, guess what? I got a treat for you. We launched my latest podcast. It's called Team of Superheroes. We talk about employee engagement. We talk about leadership. You know what? Instead of putting warm butts in seats and trying to engage them podcast teaches you how and empowers you to empower your individual team members to unleash their unique superpowers to achieve key outcomes. They're more fulfilled, which means they're more engaged, which means they're more productive, which means they and you are more profitable. Go and check out the Team of Superheroes podcast here on iTunes, Google, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll see you over there. So, like to end on uh i was gonna say it has nothing to do with sales but i think it does um my dad before i was born was a four to six pack a day smoker wow and my mom said when i was born as soon as he's born if you smoke you're not allowed in the house anymore that's it you're done i'm kicking you out of the house he went to some class he's been gone since 2012 uh he quit overnight. And I tell people that story and they argue with me. Then I watch your Instagram post about the vaping. You had a discussion with someone and you told them something very interesting in terms of that, whether or not you had the power over it or it, it had the power of you. And I've been doing some, some just different, I'm on the carnivore diet. I'm doing some different things and making some changes. And that line from you sticks in my head. Every time I want to go have, a, I'm not a big drinker, but I'm on the diet. You know, every time I want to go have a cigar or go have a, um, a drink, I keep thinking about that. And to me, it's so powerful. Am I weak or am I strong? Um, 
did you just make that decision? I'm not going to do it. And you just gave it up like that. Cause in a bunch of your videos, you were vaping in your videos for a while. Yeah. I mean, I vaped like everybody else for a long time. It's yeah. just when we as human beings are very, 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 very powerful, like almost magical. And we're born into a, into a family that, or a culture or, or, or an environment that limits and teaches us limits. And unless we are enlightened enough to, to, to stop believing those limits, um, it's very difficult to, to succeed in anything. But when it comes to smoking or drinking or something, you have to understand, are you more powerful than that? Because when you really sit down and say, okay, obviously, am I more powerful than this coffee or this, is this coffee more powerful than me? Well, I personally understand my own power. So of course that's not more powerful than me. Okay. Well then make a decision and then stick with it. That's what most people won't do. They, they, they want a coffee. Cause again, I mean, I still want to vape, but, but it's got no power over me. So, so do I really want to vape? No, I really don't. What, what starts happening is your subconscious and your ego and your inner voice start to ultimately try to get you to do the things that are bad for you for some reason. And I'm still working on this one for some reason, we don't believe that we're worth the benefit of doing the right thing because it's, it's harder. So, so like you see people with a six pack, people don't see all the work they're putting in at the gym, all the sacrifices they're making to have that six pack. They just see, Oh, the guys at the pool takes a shirt off. Oh yeah. Look at him. He's blessed with genetics. He's this, he's no dude. That person is sacrificing. So I always say, listen, either sacrifice for what you want or what you want becomes the sacrifice. Make it's just a decision. You want to quit smoking, make the decision. And then, and then realize you're more powerful than any addiction. And you really are. I don't believe there's any addiction on earth more powerful than the human being, but the, but the being has to know that because there's a lot of people addicted to drugs, addicted to pain pills, addicted to freaking sex, addicted to vaping, addicted to eating. And they don't realize that they are more powerful than their addiction. So I just, you know, in that video, I was just telling a, a guy in my sales team, you know, who's more powerful, you or, or the vape? Well, in my case, dude, I am. I know I am. So there'd be zero excuse to keep vaping if I decide I don't want to. And that's what I decided. So now I don't. Yeah. And I, I, I wanted to ask that question because I think it goes beyond that. And it goes to that power of the mind and the habits and rituals that you put in place every day, whether you're building a business, selling uh, building strong relationship, building a six pack or, or quitting smoking, whatever it is. So thank you. Thank you for that. Well, Brad, we're going to link to all your good stuff in the show notes. I want to thank you so much for joining us on the Freedom Club podcast. Sure. I thought it was about sales though. We didn't talk much about sales, but I think we did. I mean, everything, everything boils down to sales, Kurt, everything. I mean, you're born a salesperson, but you know, I thought, I thought we would go over more in depth about like sales techniques, closing, you know, strategies, things of that nature. I'm happy with, with everything we covered. But when I was told, Oh, there's a, there's basically a lot of salespeople listen to this. I was thinking you were going to grill me about sales. Oh, well, sorry about that. Yeah. I like to go. I like to go to the mindset part 
And and because I think there's a lot of people who who focus on the tactics and they have no idea where they're going um, or fall into that, um, uh, you know, the abundant, the, the scarcity mindset trap and yeah. never even get the engine started to get to the tactics and the tools. And the techniques. Well, here, I'll, le- I'll leave you with one gem. If you're in sales, you want to focus on building a relationship because relationships are the new economy. If you focus on building the relationship first, you'll not only end up selling them what you intended to sell them, but you'll end up selling their friends and family. You'll also end up selling them many more items in the future. If you focus on the sale, okay, you may make the sale, but you miss the relationship and it's going to cost you in the long run. So if I were you, I would, I would sell something that you believe in. I would, um, I would ultimately, be intentional about building a relationship to see how you can help and how your product can help rather than I need to make money. So I'm going to sell whatever I sell to whomever I encounter, no matter who they are or whether or not it helps them. Because if you can just make that adjustment, you naturally start becoming a better salesperson because of your intentions. Like my intention, if I were going to sell you Lightspeed, my intention is to a number one, establish a relationship. Who is Kurt? What does Kurt do? How can my technology help Kurt? Why? Because I want to help Kurt. I don't want to sell Kurt. I want to help Kurt. So in order to help Kurt, I got to get to know Kurt, right? Which is building a relationship. And if, if someone were to like learn sales, if they could just learn that their sales would probably double their authenticity would be more apparent. Uh, people would, be attracted to them more so than just being a salesperson. And by the way, the difference between selling and closing is a big difference. If I were you, I wouldn't be worried about how to sell. I'd be worried about how to close. Do you think a lot of those people who don't um, go into it relationship first, they're trying to sell the product versus build that relationship. You know, there's a lot of folks who, hell, when I had my PR and ad agency, I would call people, we would sit down, we'd have dinner, we'd have a drink, whatever it is. They decide to work with me, we'd sell. We'd build that relationship first. If you had asked me in the middle of that, running the agency, I could get $25,000 retainers like nothing. Are you good at sales? No, I'm not. Because in my mind, sales to me meant calling 150 people a day. There's a lot of people who also have in their mind the, the, the used car salesman who blocks their way out the door when they're trying to buy the car you think that's for years or people, you know, they've just had bad relationships with people who haven't built the relationships. That way some people look at sales as a dirty word. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's a dirty word because there's rejection involved. That's another thing I always teach people that come to me to learn sales is everybody's not a deal, but everybody can, you can have a relationship with everybody you meet. Now, again, I'm not talking about, you know, well, I work at a 7-Eleven. Well, dude, that's not sales, first of all. That's, that's you know, retail and you're ringing up orders, you're ringing up products, that's not sales. But when it comes to selling as a profession, most, most salespeople, they don't know how to listen, they don't know how to ask the right questions, and they're not concerned about someone's well-being, they're concerned about their own. So if they can be more concerned about their prospects than their own, believe it or not, they will end up in the long run better off. They might get fired from the job they're at because their management at that particular place is worried more about quotas than relationships. 
but there's a lot of businesses that, that went out of business because they were more concerned about the sale than the customer. And I'm just saying, if you're in sales and you plan on being in sales, you, if, if your future is intended to be better than current, in other words, if I were in sales, I would want my future to continually be brighter than my present. Well, I make friends with people. I make relationships with people. That's how I have all the clients that I have. And my clients stay with me a lot of time. And I looked back at one point and I said, where, where, when people canceled Lightspeed or didn't do very well here, what was the reason? And almost every single time it was because I didn't build a relationship with them. You know, there was too many to do it with. I could only do it with a certain amount of people, et cetera, et cetera. All these reasons, but it all boiled down to, I didn't, I didn't have a relationship with that customer because people buy from people they like. Yeah. So that they, it's not just about customer retention and customer success. It's about building those relationships long-term, right? Because I, I would assume if you're just like every other business or most businesses, keeping a light speed customer is a lot less expensive than going out prospecting and bringing a new one on board, right? Huge. Or helping a light speed customer develop their internal processes to maximize the, the, the return. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's much easier. Not only that, you've already have a relationship. They can turn into 50 other relationships. You know, who do you know that, that could help? If you really liked Lightspeed, what we did for you, but me and you became besties, let's say the, the, the platform wasn't quite as cutting edge anymore. And, you know, but me and you were besties. You don't even think about, about leaving, you know? It, it, it requires quite a bit of, of trouble before someone decides to leave their bestie. So if you build that relationship, you'll make the sale. But if you focus on the sale, you miss the relationship. And I'm just saying the relationships are the new economy. The reason why I can make money no matter what are relationships. I can pick up phones and make sales and, and get referrals and, and have people, you know, testify, give me testimonials because of the relationships I've built. And that's where the money is relationships. I got a whole, I got a whole course I'm creating me and my friend about how do you establish, you know, how do you establish and nurture relationships? And we found a lot of people feel almost guilty for, for building a relationship intentionally because they think they're using people and they've been taught not to use people. And I'm like, dude, it's totally okay to use people. <laughs> it, it's 100% okay to use people if your ethics are right, if your intention is correct. Like if you feel that you're using somebody, then I believe you don't feel like you are worth anything. You're not contributing anything to that relationship. So now you feel guilty because you're stealing. <laughs> but if you're the worthy one, if you're the one going in there with the right intentions, you know, then you don't feel that way. Like I don't, it's just, it's just perspective. Again, it's 100% perspective. Everybody has their own perspective. We get to choose it ourselves. That's the best part about the whole thing. You get to decide what your perspective is. Nobody can tell you what you, where, where, where you should be coming from. You get to decide your perspective. I'm doing well, according to some, I'm screwing up a billion dollar industry. 
compared to, according to some others. Who's correct? Uh, it's the I'm doing the exact same thing. Well, look, depends on who you ask. You ask a guy making sixty grand a year. Oh, I'm killing it. I'm doing millions of dollars. I'm I'm successful. Well, go go ask someone who's doing billions of dollars in the same industry. They'd be like, oh, he's you know sucking high and tit, man. He's blowing it. Yeah. Who's correct? <laughs> I you know, and you talk about the people who. You know, they feel that they're using someone, right? Doesn't it go back to scarcity mindset? Because if you feel like you're using someone, then you don't know the worth and the value you provide. I assume that's going to lead to pricing problems. It's going to lead to that deflated energy when you walk in to sell something. Because then you, if you have a scarcity mindset, you feel like you're begging, right? Versus, you said it earlier, helping someone. I mean, Lightspeed, you are helping people. I think there's a lot of people out there who look like they're beg, borrowing, and stealing for people to to buy their product as if it's, I'm going to convince them and fool them into giving me money and I'm gonna give them a product they're never gonna use. I mean, that's that's probably too basic, but I think there are some people with that mindset. There is, and not only that, again, their intentions are wrong to begin with. Like when I go into my job and I'm, let's say I'm selling jewelry, you know, I'm there to make money. When you walk in the door, I see you as, hey, I need to make money. Not how can I help you find the piece of jewelry you're looking for to fit the occasion. You know, I don't care who you are. I don't care how much money you make. I don't care if the ring's affordable or not affordable. I care about me making money. And if, and if any salesperson is listening to this, ask yourself honestly, because again, if you lie to yourself, dude, you're a dipshit. Okay. Ask yourself honestly, what is your motivation when you see that customer? And nine times out of 10, they're gonna to say to make money. Okay, well then your intention is to make money. That is a that is an inward focused goal. You have no, in other words, your 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 superior or your top level priority is to make money for yourself, which means you you're you're there to help yourself. Correct or incorrect? Yeah. Right. So if you adjust that and say, listen, I do want to make money, of course, but I would rather help this customer, even if it means not selling them something that authenticity that uh i don't i don't know if i want to call it kindness or philanthropic air about you will double your sales because people can feel it yeah, like yeah. like i've had people come in here and offer me money and i'm like dude you don't need light speed and they're like what do you mean and later on down the road i'm talking to them and they're like dude i've never had anybody not take my money when I've offered it. And I'm like, well, it wouldn't help you. It would help me, wouldn't help you. But in retrospect, if I had a bunch of clients that were all pissed off, how would my reputation be? Right. And then I'm trying to sell everybody and no one will buy because everybody that I sold to make money is now not winning and they're all pissed off. Well, I didn't know it at the time, but taking their money was putting me out of business in the future. Hmm. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So only because I've been enlightened, I've done, I've done it up till I was 30. Dude, all I cared about was me and I made good money and I sold your ass. I'll close your ass on anything. You come in for a truck and, and leave in a car. You come in for an RV and leave with a trailer. <laughs> you know, I don't care why. Cause I, I needed to make money and dude, you'll win that way. You'll make money that way. If that's your intention, but I'm telling you folks, the biggest gem out of this whole podcast is one thing, adjust your mindset, start looking at people as relationships 
and sacrifice who what sacrifice you to help them and you'll probably double your sales why well i don't know why i think it's because the universe works that way i don't know i mean i wish i could say this is exactly why but i can only assume i assume it's because they feel more authentic they uh they 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 get a sense of empathy and and kindness from you they like you better i don't know but i'm telling you the the difference between up till i was 30 you know till after when i made that shift you know now we do you know eight figures a year that's millions and millions of dollars before i made that shift i could never break a half a million now why is that well because again i didn't care about anything but making me money i didn't care about you as a customer i didn't care about you as a person and again by the way i don't mean it harshly i wasn't evil i just wasn't focused it wasn't my intention so again change your intentions and and voice your intentions and be intentional and you will do better regardless but if you put the relationship first the absolute first my intention is to build a relationship see if i can help you with my product you're going to double your sales i love it i love it brad on that note thank you so much for being on the show thanks for having me appreciate it we got into more sales we got into more sales and the the mindset but yeah the 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 relationship i mean i think it's about sustainability and you know you said you don't know why more people get you know you can tell some people when they're desperate when they're like i need that money they just you know you get the vibes from them you get they just turn you off and uh i see it sometimes people do videos and it's like buy now buy now buy now and you can see it in their eyes they're just full of it so or they see or they seem like it yeah yeah, exactly. And I know there's some skeptics listening to this right now. And I'm going to tell you, the only reason you uh, end up being correct is because you think you're correct. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Like, like, listen, if I want to be negative, I'm still going to be correct. If I want to be positive, I'm still going to be correct. So if I'm listening to this thing, yeah, bullshit, I got bills to pay. Screw him. That That's stupid. Well, then you're correct. It doesn't work. But if you were to actually open up your mind a little bit and realize, you know, this is coming from a guy who's 50 years old, already probably have been where you are and learned some things, I would just invite you to go try it for a couple of weeks and see what happens. And I'll bet you anything you sell more and make more money doing it. Well, thanks for dropping those bombs on my show. Brad, we're going to link to all your awesome stuff in the show notes. Cool. Thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure, man. Appreciate you.